the cannabis industry is evolving at a radical pace, progressing toward the green peak. Each week, join Richard Zwicky, a cannabis visionary and entrepreneur, as he interviews experts from around the globe to discuss updates and evolutions in the world of cannabis. Let's make that climb together up the, the green, green peak. peak with your host, Richard Zwicky. I'm Richard Zwicky with The Green Peak, and uh, joining me today is Matthew Anderson, CEO of Vanguard Scientific. And Matthew, thanks for joining us today. Yeah, really glad to be here, Richard. Yeah, so you're based about uh, 20, 30 miles south of uh, Portland, and Vanguard is uh, focused on extraction and purification equipment, not just across the cannabis space, but also against uh, or around uh, botanicals as a whole. Is that correct? Yep, we're systems and solutions providers. About 70% of our business is actually specifying the equipment uh, and procuring and installing that. And the other part of our business is actually helping our clients learn how to use them in optimal fashions given certain regulatory environments. Of course, and you're, um, when you're supplying customers, um, have you noticed a big shift over the last couple of years in terms of the uh, profile of the customers and also the geographic locations and demands? And is there a big difference that you see between markets in terms of the output of product they're looking for? Yeah, I definitely think that the rise in cannabinoid value and the the recognition of it being an ingredient has allowed for a revamp uh, of a lot of nutraceutical legacy business mindsets on what types of technologies are best suited uh, for delicate botanic extraction. Uh, so I think that you've, of course, got the, the the bros going to pros life cycle as the cannabis initiative globalizes, but you're then seeing legacy natural ingredients and supplements manufacturers begin to look to innovation for process efficiency improvement. Hmm, okay, interesting. And, you know, as far as the output products, it's um, your system's, are they CO2 or uh, ethanol or what are they? Yeah, great question. So Vanguard has a design and build division. Um, we are not OEM manufacturers. So we design a number of platforms and work with global manufacturers on the lab, commercial, and medical device side, as well as the larger engineering and agribusiness side. But we're also preferred distributors for a number of different suppliers. So as a company, we say we're technology agnostic. Uh, and we look at our clients' uh, success metrics, what type of finished products they're looking to make in what re- regulated environments they're operating or to what quality standards they're looking to produce specific API to. And then we spec in the right equipment. Uh, traditionally, we deal mostly with supercritical CO2 as well as cryoethanol, um, but focus also on superfluid chromatography for remediation. Okay, that's that's extremely helpful because I think that's a uh, that's a part that a lot of people who are entering the industry or even looking at expanding through the industry need help with, which is not just that they want to do uh, or they need to run extraction or purification systems, but what's the right system for them? So you know, Vanguard. I think a part of what people need to understand is Vanguard doesn't just provide, but it actually helps them analyze what's the right system for their customer distribution network. And, uh, of course, people need to look at not just what's necessary today, but what's necessary two years from now, because by the time you've installed the equipment, the market can shift. Yeah, yeah, absolutely right. And a lot of our our consultation in 2019 and then all of it here in 2020 is, is really geared at starting as early with the client as possible as they're beginning to specify the facility layouts, considering code and 
higher safety compliance. And a lot of that pre-engineering work can really save time and allow them for increased efficiencies when they're making their equipment selections later in the process. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And then as you, have you seen much of a focus over the last year and what do you see going forward into 2021 and 2022 as far as the uh, the certifications. I mean, everybody talks about EU GMP and GMP, but a lot don't really recognize the level of detail required to meet those standards. But also, do you see the standards and the requirements changing? Uh, yeah, I, th I think that there is going to be a global um, disharmony for a while uh, in the way that this is where these, these cannabinoids are recognized. I think we're going to see two major uh, product categories uh, being hemp-derived cannabinoids, minor or non-euphoric phytocannabinoids, your CBD, CBN, CBG, and the like. Um, and then you're going to see uh, cannabis-derived minor and primary cannabinoids, uh, including psychoactive THC. Uh, and I think that the pharmaceutical industries and interests will really spend time and focused on product pathway for active ingredients around um, the, the cannabis side of the industry, uh, but then you'll also watch uh, buying the buying power in, in the industry, let's call it consumer packaged goods or retail products uh, from the global players that are looking to enter into the cannabinoid conversation. You can look at the alcohol space as a predicate or cosmetics, and they will begin to upregulate their supply chain in order to be and stand kind of above repute until you see federal legalization. And that, that really points to the way the nutraceutical industry is regulated and, and still is today. Absolutely. And actually, you bring up an interesting point, which, you know, it's I've had this conversation with uh, a variety of people. I think it bears, it's well worth discussion is, you know, the systems you operate, of course, are for, and, you know, for, for the purpose of this conversation, hemp and cannabis, and they're two different products. But people are often questioning, what's the difference of the output? And what is the, you know, are they really for the same market or for different markets? And long term, where does that go? Wow, yeah. So it's a it's a big bite. Um, and I and I think what you have is a, a multi-state, multi-country, non-psychoactive product set um, that will deal in health and wellness. Uh, and that will be a, a global first mover. That's where you'll begin to recognize commodity pricing. Uh, potential futures markets on crops. Uh, and that's where you'll begin to see a transition also in the industrial side past the actual oil creation. What do you do with the vast fiber in creating additional economy? Um, on the actual API side, and the way pharmaceutical will look at it, uh, or on the adult use uh, replace or recover in the alcohol conversation, uh, what you'll begin to see is lifestyle segmentation and luxury brand demographic positioning. Uh, but a lot of my background comes from alcohol and spirits. Uh, so if you look at it uh, at beer, wine, and spirits and understand there's different consumer patterns and also different reasons why someone would buy a, a glass of really good Hillside California cab from 2015 uh, while someone would go buy a, an ultra-premium bottle of vodka, I think you'll begin to see... Um, as commodities for base ingredients start really specialization based on strain, growing region, and then of course process, uh, creating differentiation. Uh, no, absolutely, and you know that's uh, that's also touches into a, an aspect. There's going to be the, you know, the bottle of wine example. Um, 
you know, a two-buck chuck versus a Chateau Lafitte, there's a, there's a huge difference in the market. And the ones who are going to be most sensitive to that are, of course, going to be the adult used to the recreational market, which is looking for the, the flavonoids, the tastes, and everything else. The medical market that's looking for APIs into production is going to be looking for something different again. But then, you know, from an entourage effect perspective, there's a blend somewhere in there that matters on both sides. And that's, uh, that's quite interesting. Do you have many conversations with customers who are already thinking about that two and three years out? So, so I think that what, what we're, what you're not asking is about the pharma's single drug convention uh, versus this entourage or whole plan. That's a really interesting reality. And I think that we'll see big and major sweeping effects. Um, and it may be another conversation about that. <laughs> uh, um, but I think I think I know the clients that we talk with. We really talk around flexibility in your production life cycle, mm-hmm. um, flexibility in your final product capability, uh, and, and also the impermanence of the buyer. Right? Uh, just today it's THC, tomorrow it's CBD. You know, next weekend it's terpenes. Um, and as people walk through that retail experience, as they meet this new ingredient, this new product on the shelf, they're going to want to feel it and experience it in different form factor. And, and as a processor that's looking to compete for share of wallet, it really is important to think about how much flexibility am I building into my production? You know, what are my assumptions? And I say, I'm going to go make X dollars you know, how much of that's potentially impacted in margin contribution, depending on these specialized products, and how do you plan for that now and then in the future? So it's a great point. No, and there's a there's a whole area to develop in that. And I think after we come to the break, uh, come back from break, we should delve into a bit of the, uh, the analysis of opportunities going forward um, with regards to the producers and where they should be looking. And we're going to come back in a minute with uh, Matthew Anderson, who's the CEO of Vanguard Scientific. The Green Peak will climb back into your podcast player after we play some messages from our sponsors. Elevate your every day with that Shuggies feeling, with the sweet taste of Shuggies. Add a cup of Shuggies to your morning coffee. Ah, how sweet it is. Shuggies infuses cannabis and cane sugar to make it the perfect sweetener with benefits. Make your happy hour happier with a dunk of Shuggies in your drink. Order your Shuggies now at S-H-O-O-G-I-E-S dot com or find it in dispensaries throughout California. Whenever you crave a little sweet, pick up Shuggies, the sweet, sweet, take-anywhere treat. Fortunate to have Michael Brewer of Brewer and Shipley. Your signature top 10 song, One Toke Over the Line. I've read a couple different versions of, of what the tune's origins are. What's the true story? We were playing a little club in Kansas City. A friend stopped by with some really good hash. We stepped out back and came back in. We we're tuning up in the dressing room, and Tom said, Man, I'm really one toke over the line. I just cracked up. I thought it was hysterical. We literally wrote that song just entertaining ourselves and to make our friends laugh. It's time to Hem Present, only on Cannabis Radio. Hey, take a look at this. They're selling smart pots. <laughs> they have pot that can make you smart? Where is it? Not that kind of pot. 
SmartPots are the best aeration container to grow your plants. Check this out. This is the original fabric container for faster producing healthier plants. They're made with a superior fabric that delivers high yields. Plus, SmartPots are reusable and sustainable, so you can use them over and over again, no matter if you use them indoor or outdoor. That's very smart, but how good are they for the environment? SmartPots are BPA-free and lead-free, so you'll always be able to ensure a pure, clean grow, and they're 100% made in the U.S. Over 28 million SmartPots have already been sold, so it seems like a smart investment. Look for SmartPots in close to 2,000 garden centers throughout North America and ask for the original fabric container. Find a store near you or order yours online at smartpots.com. Climbing our way up, up, up to the Cannabis Summit of Success. Cannabis Radio is back with more of the Green Peak. And we're back with Matthew Anderson, CEO of Vanguard Scientific. And uh, Matthew, just before the break, we were starting to talk a bit about, uh, of course, the pharma companies and looking at the various profilings. But one of the things that you uh, mentioned just struck a chord where I've been having a lot of conversations with people and we're seeing it in the market where where companies, you know, don't necessarily know how to move their product or have developed product and don't know exactly where the market is. And there was a lot of people who entered this market thinking, you know, a bit of field of dreams. If I build it, they will come. And the reality is there is a market for our products and the products that uh, cannabis producers and hemp producers are uh, developing. But if you build it, they don't just come. The customers have specific demands and requirements, and a lot of companies don't do the homework to understand what is it that the customer will want six months from now. And over time, as we get into a commodity-based uh, marketplace, which you know is happening in some areas, but not necessarily in all areas yet, um, producers need to have the flexibility. And they have to have the flexibility in terms of knowing what they're doing with their product, in terms of what's being delivered to the customers. Is it isolate? Is it distillate? Is it an extract? Is it flour? But also, what am I growing for the market? Because it's not one size fits all. And it's not just that there's 124 odd compounds or uh, cannabinoids, which ones do the customers want? And eventually we end up in a position where they're growing based on the um, requirements of the customer, but we're not there yet. When you're giving customers and uh, your customers and producers advice about directions and planning, how much time is spent around that, that product mix and also the product, just even at the high level between distillate, isolate, uh, flour and extract, and then the next level down. How much are customers thinking about that already from your perspective? So I think during one of our sales engineers needs analysis calls or fact finding calls, uh, it's a big piece is not only, you know, what's your, either if you're vertically operating, what, what's your canopy size and how much are you looking to convert to extracts or is it what your throughputs are is what those final products on the shelf look like. And I think that, it really is an exploratory conversation, not only from what the client says, but what they don't say, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and beginning to kind of unpack some of those things, like you said, you know, well, I want to get to a, I want a full spectrum distillate. Well, what if I told you that doesn't exist, right? You, you can only get to a broad spectrum distillate. There's, so there's an educational process that that really lands into, in the adult use side, you know, not not a myriad of buckets, but a, a pretty focused amount of type of product that can be made. And then the question is, you know, in a scenario looking forward, if you were to achieve your hopes and dreams, what could this scale to, right? And then from that, we can help understand whether a modular commercial size solution makes sense 
or this really is a pilot to plant scale operation. Um, and then begin to start discussing some of the limitations with the clients based on the decisions they make. Uh, I think more and more to answer your question directly, Richard, are, are the, the operators seeing the fact that um, just because you build it doesn't mean they will come um, and, and they're having to wake up to it. Uh, but that's a, that's a kind of a current as if shift now, not something that's really been going on in the past. Yeah, no, it, uh, obviously it didn't happen in the past and that's where a lot of people have had to brutal awakenings um, and really, you know, the, the changes people make today, they're going to feel two years from now in many cases, because it doesn't happen overnight and it's not going to be one crop cycle because nothing happens that fast with a plant cycle that, you know, isn't overnight in the first place. But how does that discussion differ today from what you've gone through on the botanical side, which of course has been a much longer established industry, but continues to develop as well? So I think that I think that parallels can be drawn from uh, availability supply chains for different types of lavender, uh, different preferences on extracts on whether it's been a topical or, or a culinary application. What you see is breeders really leading the charge, right? So, so you, whether it's floral horticulture or actually ingredients for for multidisciplinary therapeutics, um, these, these things are being cultivated in trial form to get its targeted end results. Um, looking at the consumer packaged goods space, if you look at something like a, a Tropicana orange juice, um, it's made from real oranges, it says on the box. And then you ask the question, well, how do they deliver this orange juice 365 days a year around the world consistently? Uh, and you start to understand that it takes upwards of 14 different oranges grown across four continents, right? All through power purchase agreement to be able to make this uniform product. So more and more it's becoming important for the processor to harmonize with the producer and really understand what that final buyer on the at retail is looking to purchase. No, absolutely. And that's, you know, that's been one of the premises when I started Plana is eventually over time, um, this market has to deal with standardization in ways that are in tune with the no normal market realities. And, you know, as basic as you walk into a uh, pharmacy in Tokyo, Toronto, uh, London, Moscow, or anywhere else, and you pick up a bottle of aspirin, it's the same product. And we're dealing with a plant which doesn't produce in a standardized model consistently. So you have to deal with how do you, how do you manage the medicine from that plant to ensure consistency. And that's, that is scientific. It's not a, that is not a, uh, a cottage-based industry. That is a scientific industry. And I'm always explaining to people, we're dealing with a pharma product from an agricultural production. And that's two very different industries that have to be harmonized along the way. And the work you're doing ties right into that. Um, as you, you know, one of the things that uh, struck me is you're also involved with MacArthur Capital. And how does that tie into, um, how does MacArthur invest and participate in this industry? And what does it look for? Yeah, sure. So. I actually entered this space after doing uh, some consultation and advisory work during Senate Bill 1030 uh, in Florida, um, which is you, yeah. Yep. Let everybody know what it is, please. Yeah, yeah. And Senate Bill 1030 is also known as the Charlotte's Web Bill, uh, and it was the high CBD initiative 
uh, ahead of the Amendment 2 bill, which was a high THC initiative. Um, I think it should be mentioned today, uh, Charlotte Figge, uh, uh, the, the, the daughter who actually began the movement, passed away this morning, unfortunately. Um, oh, didn't hear that. Due to coronavirus. Um, so, so God rest uh, Charlotte. But uh, from time and experience and exposure to the industry there, I was uh, introduced to MacArthur, um, small private equity firm based out of Austin, Texas in Winter Park, Florida. And over about a five-year period of time, we ended up building um, two funds in the space uh, and then syndicating a third. So really had an opportunity to, to understand early investment in, at, environment to 2015 through 2018. Um, and then now uh, directly as an investor into entourage effect capital, um, I still act as a subject matter expert uh, in, in review of specific opportunities. Um, the investment the investment climate today is is um, is very unique and, and I would say bullish for those folks that have deployable capital uh, and or intimate knowledge and understanding around regulation. Uh, I, I think that smart money uh, capital that is uh, willing to do the homework um, and kind of see between the lines uh, there exists uh, both existing at revenue business investment opportunity plus uh, startup or spinoff strategic acquisition opportunity. Yeah, and I think, I mean, obviously, the uh, the market as it evolves over the next little while, it was already going through challenges in uh, 2019 in our space, but now it's the global markets that are going through their challenges, and that's going to accelerate the uh, drive towards M&A activity across the board. And, of course, the challenge in a lot of U.S. states, which is different than other markets around the world, is the requirements around verticalization. How do you, how do you see that playing out the M&A activity playing out differently around the world than in the U.S. in that context? Look, I think there is a lot around cannabis. Again, we segregate the conversations of cannabis and hemp. Mm -hmm. I think they really will mature differently. I think looking to big pharma uh, for a lot of the European uh, and global expansion in the minor cannabinoid space is, is going to be, from the layman in my perspective on the sideline, would be the path of track. Uh, they have the roads are paved. They understand the regulation and requirements. And, and if anything, you can work backwards towards a form of biopharmaceutics uh, because you have to accept cultivation needs. Uh, in, in the regards to hemp and, and verticalization in, in regards to supply chain, I think you can solve and will solve a lot of this through supply chain traceability, uh, real world evidence, uh, some real um, Again, pharmaceutical-grade applications, we, we, we work with blockchain-enabled track and traceability um, down to serialized ingredient levels uh, that work with World Health Organization. Again, I, I think for the larger commodity-based or larger movement business-to-business -business segments of this global trade, um, you will find that the cottage industry will not exist. Uh, they will be local producers that are aggregating up to larger uh, infrastructure supported uh, channels of trade because it's a, it's a movement uh, of, of both payment and large amounts of currency uh, exchange, but also goods, right? Whether yep. you're moving in raw flour form or any version of the extract form, uh, logistics is something that, that can't be easily overlooked. Absolutely. And let's come back more onto that after the break again. And uh, joining me today, Matthew Anderson, CEO of Vanguard Scientific, and I'm Richard Zwicken. We'll be back in a moment. The Green Peak will climb back into your podcast player after we play some messages from our sponsors. 
Oh, let the marijuana llama tell you something now. Bought a game for your phone, gonna make you say, wow. The game's about the game of growing cannabis for cash. Grow the seeds, sell the bud, put the savings in the stash. Little by little, your empire grows large. Put different celebrities inside your entourage. You can choose to play with Snoop or me or Chich and Chong. Cypress Hill, Willie Nelson, Wiz Khalifa with a bong. The name of the game is him pink, that's the point. Download and play while you light yourself a joint. The business of cannabis should be no crime. Hemp Inc. is even hot-proofed by the man who run high times. Oh, yeah. Get it on Android and I and iOS today. Marijuana Llama out. Got to tend to me on crops, you know. Money don't make itself. Hemp Inc. Trends and technology, processes and products. We cover these areas and more on the cutting edge of cannabis. Be informed from the latest initiators of new innovation. Learn about the latest breakthroughs and best practices in the cannabis and hemp industries. Better products, better infrastructure, and better sustainability. The Cutting Edge of Cannabis, consulted by the American Cannabis Company. The National Cannabis Industry Association presents the 2020 Cannabis Caucus Event Series from March 10th through March 26th. Don't miss this exclusive opportunity for NCIA members to network, learn about regional issues from influential guest speakers, and get the latest news about NCIA's federal policy work and emerging topics. Look for this year's only tour of Cannabis Caucus events coming to Portland, Denver, St. Louis, Detroit, Chicago, Newark, Sacramento, and Los Angeles this March. Stay connected. Get informed and take action to protect our industry and your business. Register now for your complimentary tickets at thecannabisindustry.org slash events. Climbing our way up, up, up to the Cannabis Summit of Success. Cannabis Radio is back with more of the Green Peak. And we're back with Matthew Anderson, CEO of Vanguard Scientific. And uh, in this last segment, uh, Matt, want to take a look at uh, Europe. That's a market which uh, has been developing rapidly vis-a-vis uh, -vis the uh, glacial pace, which we've taken in uh, many areas of North America relative to things. And, you know, we in Canada, we had a head start on everybody, but we seem to have really tripped over our own feet along the way. In the U.S., it's uh, a bit of a hodgepodge and uh, the lack of federal uh, certainty has caused problems. But in Europe, it's been handled differently. And uh, there continue to be problems. It's not like it's not without them. But, um, you know, the regulatory framework and the sweeping changes that are coming there definitely change the discussion. You've got uh, a foot into the European markets. What are you looking at as being of real interest to yourself, but also to participants who are looking to access that market? I, I think I think if you look at the cannabis side of the industry, again, um, not looking at hemp for this part of the conversation, uh, I think the interesting thing is they're going to move away from a, a limited or tender-based process where there's a limited amount of available ingredients. Uh, I think that Germany faced some severe criticism for that initially, and it might take several years, but I think you'll watch a, a, a more supply and demand-based supply chain uh, exist. It, that will happen in concert with upregulation, again, driven by pharmaceutical interests, I believe. Um, what you'll see are very controlled uh, production metrics uh, that are driving premium pricing, but also allowing for offsteps in the value chain throughout a distribution 
life cycle that already has compound pharmacies in consideration, uh, compassionate use registries uh, being utilized, and, and an existing network of dispensary organizations. Um, I think because those interests are already aligned in associations and other groups, you're going to see rapid commercialization, uh, which will allow uh, to value increase ingredient creation through product development. I think you'll begin to see different novel delivery mechanisms, oral buccal sprays, transdermals, uh, real monetization and nano and micro encapsulation, all because the final price point will be gated by a regulated taxation structure. Um, th th that's kind of how I see Europe for cannabis. Yeah, I mean, we're, you know, with Plano, we're seeing a lot of uh, really interesting activity for ourselves in Europe. And it's a very different discussion than any of the conversations we're having in North America. And of course, Australia is an amazing uh, discussion, but a very different way they've approached and going through the path, but a lot of clarity. And that's been, uh, that's been tremendous to work with. Um, you're looking in particular, I think, at Germany and Greece, and I know a lot of companies jumped into Greece much like they did to Malta early on, but Germany has always been the, uh, the engine. How do you see the two markets uh, being different, but also what do you see the big opportunity uh, over the next 12 and then 36 months? Wow. In this industry, it's like a real crystal ball. <laughs> of course it is. <laughs> um, look, I, I think that the right or wrong, I believe the German standards will prevail for the near term because of the rigor they have around documentation uh, and enforcement. Uh, so I think that those that are looking to play safe as you look for what MRAs or harmonizations across countries uh, to de deliver are going to play to that standard. So um, then you really, what you're talking around is what does EU GMP certification look like to meet a, a moving target? Um, and again, I kind of reach back to nutraceutics in the U S that regulate themselves above the FDA um, because they're not recognized as a pharmaceutical ingredient. Um, and, and what you have is, you know, commitments to, uh, Overage. Uh, we're going to do more than more than's needed for the current time, um, but the defining of the more is the really interesting part. And what you're seeing is you're seeing pharmaceutical consultants and experts that have brought drugs to market throughout the European Union coming to bear with tips and tricks, right? Yep. Um, ways to navigate the system because using brute force, uh, it, it is a very, very, very expensive process even using intimate knowledge and a local field guide that can get you through the jungle, it's still going to be very expensive. Um, but, but you're going to have to understand what parts of the supply chain you want to be a part of today. And then what parts of, do you want to grow into um, when the opportunities present themselves? No. And that's uh, that's a big part, right? It's the, the foresight to look at where it's going and not just meeting, but exceeding the standards. And that's something everybody needs to look at. It's not, a minimum vial product, as you'd say in technology or anything else, it really is how do we exceed um, all the standards so we've reduced the barriers or eliminate them. But this has been a really great discussion, Matthew, and unfortunately we're out of time for today. But I'd like to thank you for joining uh, the show and to our listeners for participating. But for individuals who want to reach out to you and uh, speak to you about Vanguard or MacArthur or anything else, how should they reach you? Yeah, absolutely. If you want to, uh, the best way to learn more about Vanguard is to travel to the website, uh, vanguardscientific.com. All one word? 
Yep, all one word, vanguardscientific.com. You can also find us on LinkedIn. We have updated content that's available there, but the website's the local posting. You can also sign up for our newsletter and ongoing information received. Fantastic. Well, thanks for joining us today. And uh, thanks on behalf of our listeners and thanks to our listeners for uh, participating as well. I'm Richard Zwicky and I look forward to speaking with you all again next week. Thanks, everybody. The opinions expressed on this CannabisRadio.com program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of the staff and management of CannabisRadio.com. Any rebroadcast or redistribution without proper consent of CannabisRadio.com is prohibited.